is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. What is up? It is the holiday season and things are fucking exhausting, so welcome <laughs> to Serial Killer Sunday. We are in the podcast closet. It, it I always forget how just tiring December is like Christmas is my favorite holiday and so I'm really into like doing all the Christmas things and like being as festive as possible but it really is draining financially and physically to like be so festive I cannot wait for January but like I'm excited for Christmas but you know what we can all agree on the most soothing thing you can do when you're stressed out is just listen to a true crime podcast am I wrong no even though usually I am wrong today, I feel pretty sure about that. And you know what? No better way to calm down and relax than lock myself in the podcast closet, tell everybody else I need to fuck off and be quiet so I can record <laughs> and sitting in here and talking to you guys. Delightful day. Um, dude, the, the, every, like I've said it in the last like four episodes, time is feeble. That's not the right word for it. But time, it it just keeps getting away from me. I don't know where it goes. I don't know how. Yesterday, I didn't eat for the first time until 5 p.m. Like, because I didn't realize that it was that late. That I was like, holy shit, I haven't eaten yet today. And luckily I had dinner. But, you know, that's just crazy. It's just wild. But um, enough about me and enough about that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about our serial killer short on your serial killer Sunday. And, um, this guy was very interesting because I saw his picture a ton. Um, if you Google Joe Metheny, who was the, um, the cannibal from Maryland, I want to say he was the one who made people into pulled pork sandwiches and sold them on the side of the road. I did a podcast about him a while ago based on a blog that I did. Um, and if you Google him, this guy, his picture shows up a whole bunch. Like, people, there's some confusion as to who is who. I knew this guy was not Joe Metheny, but there's a ton of, like, things that say, have his picture and say Joe Metheny underneath it. And, like, that's not right. Um, so his name is Richard Beigenwald. Uh, it, commonly confused for Joe Metheny. There's another guy, too, but I haven't figured out who he is yet because everything says Joe Metheny. But it was just a weird thing that, like... Richard Bagenwald was on my list of people of like interesting people when I typed him into Google. I was like, that's him. Like it that uh, yeah. So there's the confusion. They're not the same person. Although, I mean, I guess they're they're kind of similar in some ways, but really they're not. But I don't see why people confuse them for each other. They don't even look the same. But I digress. So we're gonna go into um we're gonna talk about Richard Bagenwald today. He's our serial killer short. Um his name is Richard Fran Beigenwald. Um, Beigenwald. I'm not really sure how you're supposed to say that. Um, and yeah, his middle name is Fran. Maybe that's the 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 start of all the issues. I'm not sure. Um, he was born on August 24th, 1940, in Staten Island, New York. Um, he was frequently abused as a child, and as a fa- his father was a known alcoholic. When Richard was five, he set fire to his family home and was sent to a psychiatric center in New York, um, which was very casual. Just burn your parents' house down. Just, you're mad, burn it down. Which I've, I've joked about doing. I haven't, like, seriously joked about doing it, but it's just like, burn it, burn it down. Um, but he actually did. He actually burned down his family home. 
which is just, that takes a lot of, takes a lot of guts at five years old to, well, I don't know if they actually burned it down, but I know he tried to burn down the family home at five years old. Impressive. Um, by the age of eight, he was already drinking and gambling. And by nine, he had received several electroshock treatments, which we've discussed my feelings about electroshock treatments before. I feel like if you already have a really unstable, like emotionally, emotionally unstable person, I think the best thing to go is like therapy and maybe medication. I don't think electroshocking somebody is going to have the results that you want it to without proper follow-up and you know, procedure, I don't, I don't think just shocking a nine-year-old is, like, the right thing to do, but it was the 50s, well, the late 40s, early 50s, I think their whole thing was either, like, put leeches on you or electroshock you, and look at how well that worked out for everybody, it didn't, um, so after his therapy, he went to state training school for boys in Warwick, New York, um, he was accused of theft and attempting to convince other inmates to escape, he would visit his mother back in Staten Island, and on these trips, he would steal money from her, at 11, he set himself on fire in his mom's home. Very casual. Um, at 16, he graduated from 8th grade and was released to the, um, from the school. So, yeah, he was released from the state training school for boys and was allowed to attend a real high school. Um, he, only, he dropped out after a couple of weeks. It wasn't for him. He didn't stay. After dropping out of school, he moved to Nashville and lived there for two years. He stole a car while in Nashville and was arrested in Kentucky. Um, by federal agents for taking a stolen car across state lines, and by 1958, he was back living in Staten Island. After he returned, Richard stole another car and took it to Bayonne, New Jersey. On December 18, 1958, he robbed a grocery store with a male accomplice where he shot and killed the owner, Stephen Sladowski, who was also an attorney and prosecutor. Richard fled the scene but was captured two days later in Maryland after shooting or after a shooting standoff with police. He was sent back to New Jersey and convicted of the murder and given a life sentence um, of Stephen Sladowski. Um, unfortunately, though, Beigenwald was released 17 years later in 1975 for good behavior. Um, so Beigenwald kept a low profile after his release, uh, supporting himself by working odd jobs, you know, various this and that, until 1977, where he was a suspect in a rape case and was wanted for failing to report to his parole officer. He was arrested three years later in 1980 for the rape charge, but re was released after the victim failed to pick him out of a lineup, which I wrote in here and I made the comment, um, well, yeah, it, it was just three years, you know, I don't think that's fair that they didn't do the lineup sooner. I guess, well, I don't really know the circumstances of anything, but I think after three years, <laughs> you have to bring it up and put that poor victim through picking out, you know, just going through the legal battle three years after the fact, how are you supposed to move on or heal from anything that you did and then picking the wrong person? I don't know. It just, that makes me sad and upset. Um, but that's just how it is. Uh, yeah. Um, so he was, he didn't get, he was released from prison, um, after she didn't pick him out from a lineup and, um, after he was released from that, he found a wife, and the two of them moved to Asbury Park, New Jersey, um, where Richard makes a new friend named Darren Fitzgerald. In January of 1983, the body of 18-year-old Anna Olowicz was found in Ocean Township, New Jersey. Her body was discovered by children playing behind a Burger King. Uh, she was found fully clothed, with no signs of sexual sexual assault sexual assault but she had been shot in the head four times 
After this, a friend of Richard's wife went to police after he had showed her the body of a woman in the home of his in his home um, where his garage was. Richard was suspected in um, two other murders, but never convicted. Um, the one of John Patrone, an ex-convict and occasional police informer, was found in a remote New Jersey wildlife preserve. The other was 17-year-old Virginia Clayton, who was abducted and killed on September 8, 1982. Her body was found on September 11th, only five or only four miles away from where um, John Patrone was found. On January 22nd, 1983, police surrounded Bagenwald's home. Darren Fitzgerald, his BFF, also lived there. Police somehow lured Richard out of the home and caught him after he stepped off the porch, and Darren saw what was occurring and hid himself in the home in a room filled with weapons. Um, Detectives found him um, and threatened to shoot through the walls, and Darren gave himself up. Detectives searched the home and found a whole arsenal of weapons and illegal drugs, pipe bombs, handguns, rifles, shotguns, a machine gun, roofie, chloral hydrate, marijuana, and a live venomous viper, um, which was weird, um, a venom collecting apparatus and floor plans for several residences and businesses in the area. So you would never know what they were planning, but it wasn't good. It was something very sinister. Also, that's like a weird way to go about things to have a live venomous viper and like collect venom from it what are you planning on doing with that i wonder okay um while darren was being questioned he implicated richard in several crimes including the one involving anna olwix um darren also mentioned that he helped richard transport a body to his mom's house and bury it in the basement he said he had found a body while digging that looked like it had been there for some time he also helped police find three other bodies in addition to the two buried in Staten island um, detectives found the body of another victim, William Ward, who was buried in Neptune City, New Jersey. He was a prison escapee who Richard had killed by shooting him four or five times in the head. Detectives could only charge Richard with five counts of first-degree murder. Um, and then this is a list of Richard Bygenwald's confirmed victims, although there are suspected more, um, kind of, because he was just, just insane and, like, a rage rampage killer. Like, I think they called him the frenzy killer. Um, probably hedging on, he's just unpredictable as a person is what I've gathered, like to set yourself on fire and to set like your parents' house on fire at such a young age. And, you know, it's, it seems like something's not completely stable. Um, and it doesn't sound, at least for some of these victims, it didn't sound like sexual assault was a motive. It just seemed like maybe they turned him down and he just killed them. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but so Steven Sladowski was, um, in June, 1958, John Patrone was in 1978. Maria Chiella, Chilella um, was November 1st, 1981. She was buried at Bagenwald's mother's house. Virginia Clayton um, was September 8th, 1982. Her body was found near John Patrone's. Deborah Osborne on April 8th, 1982 was found on top of Maria Chilella's body. Anna Olowix was um, August 28th, 1982, and she was found behind the Burger King. William Ward was September 1982, and the um, last victim was Betsy Bacon, who disappeared on November 20th, 1982. So he was sentenced to five, uh, yeah, five counts of first-degree murder. I think, you know, that was, I'm not entirely sure what his, I guess I just didn't write down his sentence. I'm assuming it was life, um, no possibility of parole, because he did not get the death sentence. Um, but he did die in prison. Richard Bagenwald died on March 10th, 2008 in St. Francis Medical Center um, at the age of 67 years old from respiratory failure and a kidney failure. 
Um, so he is now dead, but he did spend the rest of his time in prison. And that, my friends, is your Serial Killer Sunday short. And we talked about Richard Feigenwald. And um, it's only 10 days till Christmas, so... have Or whatever non-denominational holiday you celebrate. I celebrate Christmas, kind of. The <laughs> the spending time with your family gift-giving part of it. Um, yeah, so that's that. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I have an Instagram account. If you want to become a patron, I have a patron account as well with extra episodes. The 1st and the 15th of every single month. I'm about to record this week's patron-exclusive episode right after I get off this. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys for sure on True Crime Tuesday. Goodbye!